Nowadays, United Kingdom is not considered a powerhouse in Eurovision, but there was a time before Gemini when they were totally dominant. When they didn't win, they usually ended up in a second place. In 1976, they had almost won already before the contest, since their song Save Your Kisses For Me with Brotherhood of Man was a huge hit in the charts, and one they did. The band, with a setting of two men and two women, has since been both praised, criticized and often compared to ABBA. And once they were even offered a song which later was to become one of ABBA's biggest hits. Today I'm speaking to lead singer of the band, Martin Lee. This is Eurovision Legends, I'm your low-budget Agneta Fellskog, Emil Lövström. The winner takes it all! Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Martin Lee from Brotherhood of Men. And how are you? Despite the weather, I'm good. And you? Uh, well, pretty much the same. We got rain today, uh, rain here in the UK, but uh, we need a little drop of rain. It's been very dry throughout the summer, but uh, that's the way it is. Tell me, how come you joined the band Brotherhood of Men from the beginning? Uh, it's a long story. Have we got about 24 hours? <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll give you the short version. Um, I was a songwriter, and um, our then manager uh, had a, uh, his um, a nephew going around looking for talent, and he spotted some of my songs and said, I want to introduce you to my uncle, So, uh, who in the end became our manager. And Lee Sheridan was pretty much the same, the other guy in the band. He was writing songs and got found. And uh, then we two got put together uh, by our manager. He wasn't our manager at that time. He was just, we were writing songs and seeing if we could fix them with other artists and so on. And we both got together and we enjoyed writing together. And then all of a sudden the, um, the BBC, or the unions rather, decided that if you wanted to be in a band, you have to be one of them. You can't be in and out, in and out. Uh, one minute you're with this band, next minute you're with that band. You have to be in the band you decide to be in and stay in. So... Um, That's how it all started, really, because we were all session singers. So we would sing on all different people's songs uh, all over the place, uh, all various artists. We'd sing on their songs, but the union said, no, you can't do that. If you want to be in uh, Edison Lighthouse, you have to be one of the band. You can't just come in and out and then be Brotherhood of Man tomorrow and then be one of the Rolling Stones the next day and so on. So we all decided... Yes, Lee and I, that's the other guy. Uh, okay, we're joined Brotherhood of Man. And Nikki was the same. She got hounded uh, by the, uh, our manager then as nephew, and she was brought in to the band. And then we needed another girl. And I happened to know Sandra from uh, years ago, working with her. And uh, I introduced Sandra, and that's how we became Brotherhood of Man. And in 1976, Brotherhood of Men took part in the pre-selection for Eurovision in Royal Albert Hall, where Save All Your Kisses For Me, the only song that you wrote and submitted to the contest. 
Yeah, I mean, we were watching it anyway every year, even before that, because Brotherhood of Man started basically on the road at 1972, which brings us to about 48 years now together. But, um, uh, yeah, we were sort of watching it, and uh, meanwhile, Lee and I, as I say, were writing songs, and we had a hit in Holland uh, with a song called Lady. with Kiss Me, Kiss Your Baby. With only a two-point margin, you won over the band Coco and their song Wake Up. Remember who you thought there and then would win the pre-selection? Um, yeah, I remember Coco because uh, we were both um, 120 points each, um, and there was one more vote to go. And they were a London band. In fact, it was uh, Cheryl from uh, Bucks Fizz was in it in that band. Later, we found out, um, and uh, we thought, oh well, because they're a London band, they they get the vote. But they got eight and we got ten. I think ten was the top in those days. Uh, they got eight and we got ten. So as you say, we won by two points. Eurovision in 1976 was held in The Hague. Can you take us back to your memories from the host city? It was a fantastic time. It's one of the best times, I would think, in our lives. We were the um, uh, first on. There were 18, only 18 countries in those days. Uh, and they said, uh, and they draw a lot free, you know, we were the first and we thought, oh, God, I mean, but the people will forget us by the time they get through to 18, they won't remember who we are. Uh, so we said we have to make a big impression so that by the time they get to 18, they go, I like that one at the beginning, that song at the beginning was, I like that one. Um, and so we said we practiced, rehearsed, this, that, the other, and we were the first to arrive in The Hague. Uh, because we were the first on, so we had a week there. And it was fantastic. We had a fantastic week. We never parted, we never went out, we never done anything like that. We rehearsed, 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 because on the day, 
you have to be on autopilot. You can't start thinking about, shall I do this and I remember, will I remember to do that dance or this or... You have to just do it like scratching an itch. You just have to know what you're doing. Do you remember who you thought was your biggest competitor? Well, there were a few, actually. Um, there was um, the two guys, Waterloo and Robinson. They had a fantastic song. I can even sing it now. Birds and bees and honey trees. Money doesn't buy but sunshine brings. Oh, how beautiful that they can be. When you say the one you love is me. Here we are, free to go. Why do you say you love me so? It was a, such a catchy tune. And I thought, oh man, if they have a, a, a hook, we're, we're dead. And it just, and, the, and the, the song just died. When it got to the chorus, it just died. And it went into, cause I love my little girl. Yes, I love my little girl. Something like that. And I thought, thank God for that. <laughs> Now we stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Who choreographed your performance and created the iconic dance moves? That was a, a, a man called Guy Lutman. He done a television show with the children's puppets uh, on a television show. And we were recording in the studio doing one of the tracks. And uh, our manager then said, uh, oh, I want to introduce you to this guy who's just come in. His name's Guy Lutman. He's going to give you some choreography. So we went, choreography? Oh, man, we're singers, we're not dancers. But anyway, okay. So in he came and uh, we started playing the track and he said, this is what you're going to do. And he showed us what we're going to do. And we all started laughing and we, th we said, oh, this is a joke. This is a joke, obviously. You know, <laughs> this is a joke. You know, very good, very good, very funny. And he said, no, no joke. This is what you are going to do. We so, sort of looked at him. Um, well, we do know what to say. How can we do that and sing at the same time? We're not dancers. He said, no, I know you're not. He said, but this is what you are going to do. And it took forever to start learning arms, legs, feet, head, swings, turns, pulls, pushes, and singing at the same time. But we just rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. And slowly, slowly, slowly it came. And boy, has it paid off rewards. Because I think the dances just as famous as the song, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. The lyrics of the song are rather special. How many times do you think people have misunderstood the meaning of the lyrics? Most people misunderstand lyrics um, for songs. doesn't matter whether it's um, uh, a Tom Jones song, like, my, 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 Delilah, why, 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 Delilah? They, and then you stop them and say, what is the song about? And they say, don't know. I just like singing. My, 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 Delilah. 99% of every song in the world, people don't know what it's about. But um, you're right, it is a misconception of what the song is about. People really don't understand and they don't, until you tell them, then they go, oh, yeah, I see. Even though you're only three. I wonder why three was. Why did you say three? And that's because uh, it was just a simple story of a, a man gets up like everybody in the world gets up, goes to work, but before he goes out the door, 
he says to his child, hey, save your kisses for me, because I'll be back and I'll want some more, uh, even though you're only three. And that's basically what the story is about. He's just going to work every day, and he asks the child, before he leaves the house, save your kisses for me. Kisses for me, save all your kisses for me. Years before this, ABBA won the contest, and I know you've been compared to them thousands of times, and I hope we can talk more about that later, but you were offered the song Mamma Mia from ABBA, but turned it down. How come? No, we didn't turn it down. What happened is, in those days, uh, you were only allowed to record four songs at a time in the studio. You were only allowed to do four songs. So we had four songs all lined up. One of them was Save Your Kisses uh, and another three. And all the parts were written, all, you know, the musicians and so on and so forth. Then all of a sudden we get this um, uh, from ABBA saying, because if you remember, once when ABBA won the Eurovision in uh, 74, 75 was quite a no year for them. They weren't having any more hits. They were sort of dwindling away to nowhere. So they started giving songs away. They gave uh, Honey Honey to Sweet Dreams. I guess you still don't have this old demo of Mamma Mia. I think we have somewhere. I've got it somewhere in the loft. Mamma Mia will be up there somewhere. You must find that one, Martin. Yeah, I must do. Maybe, maybe uh, worth some money nowadays. I guess. <laughs> Same as the, the original, like Save Your Kisses was a master demo. You know, we used to demo songs in those days, and if they were good, and they came out good, then we'd put all the strings and the brass and all the rest of it, and away it went, out the door, and hope for the best. Just one look. Oh, 
already before the contest you topped the charts in a way that was quite unique for a Eurovision entry, at least from United Kingdom. And it has been said that you were a very obvious winner beforehand. How confident were you going into the competition? Well, before we heard Waterloo and Robinson um, and heard the other songs, really, we were quite confident because we were number one already. And the people have put us at number one in throughout um, Great Britain. So uh, we thought, well, we've got to win for everybody's, you know, behind us and everybody likes the song. So we've got to win. And we were pretty confident. By now, we've learned the dance and all the rest of it that we thought we'd never, ever learn. Um, and, but that still wasn't enough. We still had to rehearse every day. We rehearsed two or three hours a day doing the same thing over and over and over and over till it became just automatic. And that is the only thing you can do because it's different when you're a solo artist because it's only you that have, and no one would know if anybody's made a mistake because it's only you. But if there's four of you and someone makes a mistake, it's going to be pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, so we had to just make sure that everybody uh, had it uh, tattooed in their brain, you know, so it could never come off. With 164 points, you won the contest and the song Save All Your Kisses For Me became a huge success over the world, selling six million copies and is probably the most sold Eurovision winner ever to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. There's nobody. I think ABBA sold three million. Uh, Bucks is about one and a half million, something like that. Um, but no one's ever, ever, ever sold six million. This is singles. No, I mean, we don't do singles these days. I mean, if you said to a youngster today, singles, they wouldn't know what you're talking about uh, because it's all downloads and <clears throat> uploads and God knows what. But uh, in those days, it used to be singles. Everything was done by singles. And of course... Uh, to get a silver disc, you had to sell 250,000. To get a gold disc, you had to sell half a million singles. And in uh, our case, we were like Platinum Plus, which was over a million. And then by the end of it, it was six million. Yeah. The follow-up single to your Eurovision winner was the song My Sweet Rosalie. Yeah. I think we wrote that on the same time we wrote Save Your Kisses because uh, not so much nowadays it's more graphics uh, moving into graphics and the light show uh, for Eurovision is just stunning and the staging is stunning these days which of course if you look at our uh, the time we entered it was very basic it was you know a bit like Cliff Richard and uh, all the others it was sort of like a basic set it wasn't no uh, lighting like there is today um, and so it all literally depended on the song not on the graphics not on the lighting it all hangs on the song uh, which today it doesn't so much hang on the song it's really the performance um, so we said uh, you know we had to have a song that would appeal to most people around the world um, or around Europe anyway and we said well we got the sort of song semi done and we thought, what can we put, you know, which is, you know, everybody's going to go, ah. So we said, oh, everybody loves animals. So we'll, we'll write one about, you know, we'll, we'll make it a dog. That's how Rosalie came along. And then we said, no, 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 no. Even better, we'll make it about a three-year-old child. 
and that is why we changed to child and that's why rosalie was the follow-up because that was almost going to be the um, the entry for uh, uh eurovision rosalie though she always plays around she never brings me down my sweet rosie sweet rosalie she is always full of fun The second number one single came the year after with Angelo, a song that was both praised and criticized for being too similar to Fernando with ABBA. Yeah, uh, I mean, all our lives for the last 48 years, um, we've been associated with ABBA, which is fantastic. We've met them quite a few times. They're really nice people. They're a great talent. They've written some great songs. Um, so we don't mind being associated with them uh, at all. It's like being associated with the Beatles, please God. <clears throat> and uh, of course, two girls, two guys, one blonde, one dark, one, you know, two guys playing instruments. I mean, where are you going to go? It's, it's a pretty obvious situation that, you know, people will pair you up together. Both win the Eurovision, both do this, both do that. Um, you know, that's the way life is. Uh, we were going, I uh, suppose, we were having success a little bit before they did um and then they come along and of course put them in the limelight and uh, off they went which is great fantastic long ago high on a mountain in mexico lived a young shepherd boy angelo who met a young girl and he loved her so rich was she came from a very high family Angelo knew it could never be they ran away to their destiny However, Angelo became one of the biggest selling singles of the decade and several hits were released and in four years you had released six albums. Yeah, um, it, that, well again, you know, it was just like a, a hard day's night. You just have to sit down and put your head down and write, 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 write songs. It's a job. Writing songs is a job. You know, I mean, the movies make it look like, uh, oh, I just thought of this song and here we are and I've sung it and this and that and I've recorded it next week and it it doesn't happen like that. Um, You have to sit down and you write 20 songs and maybe two, three look good, sound good. It's like taking photos, really. I suppose if you said to a photographer, you know, you've taken 200 pictures, how many are fantastic or really, really, really good pictures? You most probably say five. <laughs> But you have to you have to take that many to find those odd masterpieces. Now I have a little child. He loves it when the circus comes to our town. is filled with great emotions see his face his eyes wide open my son now the moment has arrived see him look up to the sky high above the great arena looking up to see the demons fly
1982, you relaunched the group with a new contemporary's image and sound, and the song Lightning Flash was released. Yeah, I, I like Lightning Flash. Lightning Flash was, uh, um, we thought, you know, because uh, we'd, we'd do something a little bit different, uh, because the times were changing, we've, we've had a bit of punk and all the rest of it, um, and uh, we thought we'd do something different, but it's still got to be melody. Uh, and so we came up with Lightning Flash. I, I still like the song today. It's a um, really good song, I feel. Again, you were you were compared to ABBA because their hit Super Trooper. Well, I suppose so. Again, it really doesn't matter whatever we write uh, or whatever we wrote in those days would always be compared to ABBA by virtue of, uh, uh, as I say, the past success, um, which doesn't bother us. That's fine. That's fine by us. Uh, not a problem at all. In 1983, you competed in the national final of Song for Europe as a composer with the song When the Kissing Stops. Yeah, I like that. Still, funny enough, I like that song as well. When the kissing stops. Yeah, you have recorded it. You have recorded it. Oh, right, okay. Just shows you you know more than me. <laughs> But um, no, we, that was another good song. I enjoyed that one. That was a really good song. Was this the first time you composed anything meant for Eurovision since your victory? Yeah, basically, um, we just thought we'd have a go at it. We found this, we found a band, and we thought it, it really we found a found a band that was uh, really good. Just happened to see this band, and we thought, hey, they could do the Eurovision. They were something different, um, and um, with a saxophone and all the rest of it. Uh, and we thought that, that'd be good. And so we just sort of sat, sat down and wrote a song for them, uh, just because we liked the band. Really, the group was uh, Rubik. Yeah, that's it. I wonder why didn't Brotherhood of Men competed with the song? Um, I think you know we even today we get asked we want you to do the Eurovision we want you to do the Eurovision we need you to do the Eurovision but unfortunately um, if we lost of which 90% of the time now we would uh, I mean Great Britain really isn't in favour for that kind of thing anymore um, if we well if we lost which I say most probably would no matter what the song was um, we would always be remembered for the losing rather than from the winning and we've had such a success with the winning 
we thought it would be silly to throw it away. Um, and people go, oh, yeah, I remember. You've done Sadie Kisses for me. That was fantastic. But I didn't like this one or I didn't like that one. And you came last. and you... That would be the sour point. So we thought, no, we'll keep it on the winning point. When the Kissing Stops became Brotherhood of Men's last single, why? Um, no record deals, um, times had moved on, uh, other things were coming in, like, you know, all this um, technology was coming in now, uh, and MTV and all those kind of things, and we were never a cult kind of following, we were always a, a middle-of-the-road kind of band, and... You know, we've never ever stopped working, even to today, we still work, we're working next week. Um, so, you know, 48 years on, I don't think it's too bad a thing, but there was just no point in chasing something that would never happen. So we thought, look, we've had all the success we need, we've done it all, and we've been there and come back and we're still there. So. Uh, we never have a problem with the people um, and the audience. They, we always have a great reception. We always have a great time with an audience. Uh, so that's not a problem, but it's the media. The media had moved on to something else uh, and you had to be a cult following really to continue. How much have Eurovision formed your life, do you think? Uh, in every way, in every shape. I wouldn't be where I am today doing what I do today without the Eurovision. Do you have a favorite winner besides your own victory? Yeah, I loved um here's a test for you. 1975. Ding a dong. Ding a dong, yeah. I love ding a dong. Ding a dong every hour when you kiss a flower. Even when your lover has gone, gone, gone. Ding a dong, listen to it. Maybe it's a figure. Even when your lover is gone, gone, gone. I love that song. It's a really lovely song. Yeah, 1975, that was one of my favorite songs. I um, I thought you would say What's Another Year since you recorded it. What's another year for someone who's lost everything they own? What's another year for someone who's getting used to being alone? Yeah, Johnny's, I mean, we work with Johnny quite a lot. Um, uh, on different television shows he's a great talent um, and what's another year when that came on uh, I said okay everybody else can go home that's a winner I'll tell you another one that was fantastic and in fact I think this is my all time favourite it's an Alexander Ryback fairy tale I think just tops Dinger Dong um, uh, he, when he came on and we've worked with him two or three times and he's a really nice guy When he came on the set, and you saw him on the set, uh, I said, ah, man, this is, look at this cheeky chappy. I said, he's the winner. There's, all the others can go home. He's the winner without a <laughs> doubt. And sure enough, he was. Um, but what a great song.
the story behind it. Um, fantastic. Uh, I, that is my all-time favourite, I think. United Kingdom has won Eurovision five times, but nowadays the results for your country are nothing to write home about. Why do you think the United Kingdom struggles so hard these days? Um, I think, again, you know, we go back to the fact that times have changed. Uh, we're not in favour throughout the world at this moment in time. Uh, what with the different wars that have come and gone and are still going on, uh, we're not that in favour around the world anymore uh, from that point of view. Um, and I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think even if we had a great song uh, come up that we would still win it we might come in the top 10 which would be great but I think the days for us of winning for this moment in time anyway uh, are gone I think the answer is is to look at it and take part uh, of a great contest and be thankful that we're uh, we're taking part because it's it's all about taking part and and these things okay nobody wants to come last or whatever but as it, in every race there has to be someone who's coming last but it's it's to look at it in a different angle from a different angle and say hey we're proud to be in it it's the biggest song contest in the world uh, and and that's it you know if we have the luck to come anywhere in the top 10 fantastic Thank you so much, Martin, for this nice chat. You're very welcome. And uh, may I add that, um, meanwhile, whilst um, uh, we're all in this lockdown situation, I don't know whether you want to put it in your uh, little bit of blurb, but I have a children's program now Yeah. called, called thebutterflychildren.com. If you go on to thebutterflychildren.com, you will see it all there. Um, and I'm not being bore you with it. It's all there. We have three booked out at the minute. We're in the middle of doing a television movie, animation movie, um, and uh, it should come out somewhere, hopefully, at the uh, Christmas time. Um, so that's what I've been busy doing. I've had it for quite a number of years. A brother and a man sang all the songs, um, and um, we're now in the, in the process of doing that. Have a look at it, and I think you'll like it. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hang on, baby, hang on. Don't you dare me to stay, cause you know you're...